Welcome to the Afterbirth Podcast. I'm Jazz. And I'm Liv, and we're your hosts. The Afterbirth Podcast was created to be a space for you to share your postpartum story in your own words and listen to others share their experiences. In this show, we'll be talking bleeding, feeding, late night Google reading, and so much more. Each episode, we'll delve into all of the weird and wonderful parts of the postpartum experience with real parents and experts. We hope these stories help you to feel empowered, educated and prepared on your own postpartum journey or just help you to feel more connected to others whose stories might resonate with your own. Now let's get into today's show. Before we get into the episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional owners of the lands on which this podcast was recorded, the lands of the people of the Yugambeh language region and Darawal country. This land always was and always will be Aboriginal. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of the Afterbirth podcast. Today I am so excited for this episode. I have been following the whole bowl since I was pregnant with Aura. So Aura is almost 18 months and I would have started following the girls when I was at the beginning of my pregnancy. Um, and I remember I found them through a, another online nutritionist that highly recommended them. So they are Sydney-based and they now deliver basically all up and down the eastern coast of Australia, which is super exciting. And I definitely fangirled when I found out that they were happy to come on and chat with us because, I don't know, I feel like I have my sights set on them because I truly, truly love what they bring to the postpartum space and to the nutrition space. And they really do lead a heart-centered business. You know, they, they cook because they love to cook. They provide nutrition because they're passionate about nutrition. There's so many admirable traits about this company and Ellie and Daisy. And we are just so, so privileged to share, share their story with you. So today we touch base on the company, where it came from, where it is, where it's going. Um, we talk about juggling work life with life and pregnancies and postpartums and all the things that get thrown at us when building a business. We talk about Ellie's two postpartum experiences and we also talk about Daisy's current pregnancy experience. So it was a really beautiful episode to record and we hope you enjoy it just as much as we did. Let's get into it. Hi everyone, thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Afterbirth Podcast. Today we are joined by Ellie and Daisy from The Whole Bowl. Really excited to chat with you guys today. Would you be able to just start by introducing yourselves? Just tell us a bit about yourselves, where you're from, who's in your families? Yeah, so I'm Ellie. I'm um, Ellie of Ellie and Daisy and I've got two children, um, Ben who is four and Patrick who's one, almost two. And I'm based down in the Sutherland Shire in Sydney. Um, and I've known Daisy for over 10 years now. Our partners actually went to school together is how we know each other. Um, we kind of bonded over our love of food and here we are. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it about me. And I've got a partner, Andrew, I should probably mention him. I don't really talk about him anymore. Uh, he's around. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. So um, I'm Daisy. I'm 28 weeks pregnant at the moment. I'm uh, married to Jerome. He's Australian, so I'm English. Jerome's the reason I came to Australia. I'm a nutritionist, but much more food focused than like clinical or supplement focused. So that's how we've kind of ended up with this business. Hmm. 
Yeah, fantastic. I actually have a Patrick too, Ellie. Hello, your oldest? Almost three, yeah. Yeah, I, you would have seen me smile when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Daisy, you are 28 weeks pregnant with your first. Yeah, that's right. How exciting. Yay, very exciting. How's yeah. the pregnancy been so far? I feel like I've had a little taste of kind of all the symptoms that you can get, but I really have nothing to complain about. I've been feeling pretty good our jobs are very physical so I'm slowly slowing down I think I found pretty much up to the 20 week scan I was it's quite I find it quite an anxious time just waiting and making sure everything's okay but now I'm feeling a lot better um so yeah generally feeling pretty good yeah oh great and it would be so great for you to be working with Ellie who has had that experience before and probably has that empathy yeah. for, for where you're at. And you would have seen her, having been friends for that long, you would have seen her go through her own pregnancies and postpartum journeys. So yeah, I'm constantly saying to people that it's actually invaluable that I have constant access to ask her like a million questions about everything the recovery and all of that I wasn't prepared for that I was prepared for like my natural birth that I was gonna have so after I had been yeah it was I don't know how people recount their postpartum periods because I just have like blocked it out maybe it's like PTSD but I no, it's, it's a blur isn't it yeah it's just like survival every day is just survival had been at the hospital everything was fine um got out of the hospital pretty quickly I was finding so he came out you know you have these visions of them like climbing up to your nipple and latching on and everything being so lovely and he just didn't like he just didn't want a bar of me couldn't feed properly I couldn't really get the support in the hospital because you know they were so busy so you would they'd say you know buzz me when he wakes up and we'll come and help you get him on and then you'd buzz them and like an hour later they'd come in and like he's asleep like we tried it wasn't good and he's asleep again so I just wanted to get home and out of that environment I was like in a shared room Andrew couldn't stay was recovering it was just awful so I escaped the hospital, got home. Um, my mum was a midwife, so I had her support. She was visiting every day, helping us, and um, had Andrew at home. And because I was part of the birth clinic, even though I didn't end up having the baby in there, I still had their support. So they did visits at home for like two weeks. Every couple of days, they would come and see me. So we battled through the first days, and um, he wasn't really feeding properly. And they came to visit for their first visit and they were like, he's lost a lot of weight, like almost too much weight. He's jaundiced. He's not feeding properly. Um, so they just like ran to the car and got the breast pump and got me going on that. So then we just like lived in this blur of this three hour cycle of like feed, um, feed him, give him a bottle to top him up, pump, get him to like, get him to sleep. Maybe I'd have a 30 minute nap and then it would start again, you know, yes. um, lived to that routine to try and we'd do like the weekly weigh-ins um to make sure he was gaining weight and you would have like everyone that visited you would tell you different things and I was like seeking out information I was like um on that uh ABA website the Australian Breastfeeding Association yep. daily like maybe there's more information that I haven't found on this he would latch but it would be like 40 minutes of fussing and then he'd finally get on and have a little feed but he'd be so exhausted from all the fussing that he would just fall straight to sleep yeah so, I was, you know, in hindsight, I don't know if I would have put myself, if I would put myself through that again, if he struggled, but we got to like three or four weeks of that same routine and he was gaining weight. And, and then 
yeah, one day he just woke up and he he got it. He was just like, yeah, right, I'm done like fussing around. I'll I'll do this for you now, mom. Yeah. Um, and he fed like a trooper until it was like almost one and a half. So I am glad that I pushed through, but you know, I, I think people put so much pressure on themselves when they have a vision of like, I'm gonna breastfeed my baby and you know, it's at the detriment of their mental health and their just the exhaustion, right? And, sure. and um so yeah, we had a bit of a rocky start as far as breastfeeding went um I was lucky with the support like my mum would just turn up she lived like an hour away at that point she would just like turn up you wouldn't even know she was there she'd like fill the fridge fill the freezer get all the dirty washing change the sheets wouldn't expect like a cuddle or anything you know she'd check in see if she could help at all and then it's like be gone oh um, I was literally yeah. like a little fairy so fairy amazing. grandmother yeah and I really like don't take that for granted I know how lucky I was to have that um yeah, that support. And so, yeah, I had 12 months off with Ben. Um, as I said, we settled with the feeding, you know, it was, I had a lot of support. So yeah, we were very lucky. We actually ended up taking him to Spain when he was six months um, and did three months over there in San Sebastian. Oh, that's the dream. The dream. So it's like a foodie haven over there. Um, my partner was able to negotiate with his work, I don't know how, to work from over there. So we would just spend all day out like adventuring and eating and just come home and he would do some work overnight after Ben went down and end of the morning and um yeah we we're over there until that Christmas so Ben was like nine months old when we got home and and then he started daycare at kind of March so it would have been 11 11 months and then I went back to work part-time and then COVID hit so yeah right I put him out of school and and had to navigate kind of working from home with the one-year-old um yeah so real journey <laughs> wow so what were you doing for work at the time so I was in insurance so I've I've kind of worked in corporate um since I left school um and then I was with my last company for, for 10 years over 10 years so yeah right um, yeah Ben would have been like almost two when we started working out the whole ball yeah I think yeah so three and I was like working in corporate with a baby is really hard like yeah I can imagine so the concept of the whole bowl did this come up sort of in between your two pregnancies or was it when you were in your second postpartum that you sort of were like you was in okay we need to I do think this I was just pregnant you were just pregnant. yeah and I think I was just like you know, I don't know if I want to have a second baby working the way I am. And, um, you know, everyone knows what they're doing and what they want to do. And I just thought if I'm going to change, now is the time. I don't want to be doing it when I'm older. And um, I always thought mat leaves were a good time to put your brain, you know, your brain powder to something to like work out what that next step might be. So Daisy yes. um, had just done her degree and she was kind of in the same boat she was like I don't you know I don't want to be in clinic and we we would we both lived in Newtown at the time so our our lives did kind of revolve around food <laughs> and we would often be together cooking or um, eating out at nice places and we would always talk about what like our food business was going to be and our million dollar ideas were going to be and yeah I think one day we were just like let's go for it and even my partner kept saying Daisy she's like she's pregnant like like do you really want to get into business with a pregnant woman? Yeah, trying to put me off. <laughs> oh, we'll work it out. <laughs> um, okay, so then 
you you had spitballed ideas about what your million dollar business idea was going to be and you had this degree behind you Daisy and Ellie you had had a fairly well supported first postpartum experience and so then where did the actual inspiration for postpartum meals come from? So I remember what Ellie actually called me and literally said I've got our million dollar idea I just have to say we are not millionaires yet <laughs> um, Disclaimer. but the original idea she was saying that she was so exhausted from constantly cooking meals for Ben separate meals um and so she the idea was to do toddler meals and that would support parents and I said that my degree was not specific to pediatric nutrition and so I was like I'm not really sure if I feel comfortable kind of going down that avenue um, and I'd always had this idea of postpartum something. I just always liked the idea of looking after new mums. And so then we just started talking about that. And Ellie um, has a lot of friends who already have kids. And she would always kind of create little meal bundles at home and deliver them. And so, yeah, it was just like a combination of ideas came together. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I used to, I used to like try and cook and drop off meals to friends, whether they just had a baby or... Um, going through a rough time and yeah when I had like Ben and I was pregnant again and I was working I think I was working three or four days a week and and you live far from people right I was like I can't like I can't do this anymore and I would find businesses to send food on my behalf and it was just never it was never like yeah exactly what I wanted to be sending them it was kind of what I settled for yeah okay the gap in the market for that I guess yeah, yeah. the business is very much like um a combination of the both of us which I think is the reason why it's worked because I'm obviously coming from like a nutritionist background you know going towards healthier foods and I'm also vegetarian um so if the menu if I had created the menu it potentially wouldn't be what it is but then Ellie coming in with like you know real foodie background because it's it was obviously so important for everything to be really really delicious and it has to be things that people actually want to eat of course um, so yeah I think the combination of both of us has made it perfect really yeah I was just actually having a look through your website and I was like it looks so delicious the food looks so good and every time I see someone post about your on on your stories or whatever someone posts about your meals they always just rave about them so definitely um I think whatever you've got going on there is is working by the looks of things so Daisy tell us about your what has your postpartum planning looked like so far because you've seen Ellie go through two postpartums now and assuming other friends or family members as well as a first-time mum have you decided to prioritize postpartum planning yeah so I don't have my family living here um, and we also don't have my partner's family living here so I've been very conscious um, that I need to create what I want it to be what I need it to be it's not just going to happen um, so I do have my parents coming out for nine weeks when the baby should be about six weeks old and also my brother coming for three weeks. 
which will hopefully be nice and supportive. Um, and also my husband, he's really lucky works for New South Wales Health. And so he is entitled to 16 weeks parental leave, but then he also has so much annual leave and long service leave and stuff. So I'm feeling that I'm not gonna be left on my own, like pretty much for the first at least six months. So that is, yeah, that's making me feel pretty good. And obviously I know I can call Ellie at any time. <laughs> and I, I guess I have, because of the community that we've built on Holbo, I feel like I have access to a lot of services and things if I am to need them. So I, I don't want to, like, for example, I was offered a course um, to help with pre preparing for breastfeeding and workshops and stuff, but I kind of don't want to think that I'm going to have issues. I just want to wait and see what happens and then see what I need. Yeah, that sounds um, like a good plan. So yeah, just trying to be, I do have a tendency to be quite an anxious person and I'm really aware of that. So I just, I'm trying to remain calm about as much as I can um, and just, yeah, see how it goes. It sounds like the, and I think this is what we talk about a lot, the foundations of just having that village there is probably going to be a really important factor for you and it sounds like you've really thought about that so I think sometimes that's all the planning you can do and especially if you are an anxious person I get it I'm also an anxious person um you don't want to overthink things too much and you don't want yeah sometimes sometimes it's nice to just stay in your nice positive pregnancy bubble and then just wait and see yeah because sometimes it can feel like the more you try and research the more you realize you don't know and then that's not actually helpful yeah um and you can't know everything and you can't read everything so just as it comes one day at a time <laughs> I think she's lucky to I mean go through have the whole ball as a base to go into having a baby because when I had been I didn't know half of these things existed if I knew that I could just call a lactation consultant to come and be with me in my home to help me through that journey rather than going to all the early childhood clinics and different midwives and everyone giving me their two cents like just to have that continuity of support throughout that journey like I didn't even know that was a thing and um there's so many different parts of the whole ball that um have kind of brought all this information mm -hmm. to light and we have all of these that's why we're trying to kind of create a community because there are so many first-time mums and second-time mums that don't know you know as you say you don't look into things too much because you don't want to know everything you don't want to scare yourself yeah. to know that you can raise a question and someone is going to have a solution if you come to somewhere like the whole ball or there are many other places that you can go to like that but yeah there's just so many resources out there available for women but I just feel like women are so busy doing everything else that sometimes the planning and preparing for the postpartum period you know doesn't get a look in or you know you yeah. can't work money towards it or yeah but there are just yeah it's it's pretty amazing what's out there now it is yeah and like you sort of touched on especially in that first pregnancy you don't know what you don't know but I think um you guys having that space and that community yeah you've sort of got probably maybe a little bit more knowledge than your average first time mum will going into this postpartum period. So that's, yeah, I think that will set you up for a really positive experience. I hope it will. And what will work look like 
once baby is here? Really good question. <laughs> Any suggestions? <laughs> we don't know. Have you guys talked about this? Am I just? <laughs> no, no. It's like therapy. I feel like we're in therapy. No. We um, <laughs> get Ellie to talk about it a lot. <laughs> I feel like what we've done is like when I was, when we started and I was pregnant with Pat, it was like, there were a lot of like, well, what's going to happen and what's, you know. And it was like, let's just, if we stop to think about this for too long, then we won't do it or we'll pause or we'll lose momentum. Um, and so we just kind of got on with it and dealt with things as they happened. Um, I think it's the same as when you have a baby, like you can't plan for every scenario. We don't know what's going to happen when um, Daisy has the baby. We don't know how long she's going to want to have off with the baby, all of those sorts of things. I know it's her first, like when I had Pat, I was back to work pretty quickly, but I'd done the year off with them. Like I felt like I had that experience and it wasn't, you know, it was great because we went to Spain, but you know, at, the, at six months, I'd hit my kind of groundhog day. Like I was itching to get back to work. I wasn't being fulfilled each day. I was going a bit mental. And so I, feel I like knew I turning to mush, don't you? A little bit. Yeah. Just, I, yeah, I didn't want to necessarily do it that way again. And so to have the whole ball to keep me busy was almost a blessing the second time. And I just feel like there are so many different ways that you can do it. And everyone's different and every baby's different and everyone needs a different combination of things. So I just think instead of putting too much pressure on this situation, you know, Daisy will work until she's ready to not work and have time off until she's ready to oh, not have time off. I'm going home now then. No, you're not going home now. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just come up with a solution. So we've got someone um, in now helping us um, and then we'll potentially get somebody else in to help us as well. So, you know, we've built some good momentum, as I said, and um, we don't want to lose that at the moment. So, yeah. We just uh, keep things moving. And she's yeah, only that's done so Yeah. Escape. <laughs> <laughs> just having that flexibility, I think, is is probably one of the big, I guess, draw cards of having your own business um, going into your postpartum. So speaking of which, Ellie, your postpartum with Pat, your second, so you started the whole bowl when you were early pregnant or you had the concept when you were early pregnant. And so then what sort of happened from there? Oh, it's a real blur. We sat around Ellie's dining room table many, many, many times trying to figure out how the hell do you actually start a food business? Because mm. there there's not like a guide online okay. to follow. You have to find all the information and put it all together yourself. So we'd be like, okay, right, we're sorted, let's start. And then we'd like kind of discover, oh no, wait, we haven't got that or we haven't gone and got this certificate from that council office or- A lot of, a lot of paperwork before you can start cooking. Yeah. Um, but then anyway, eventually we got going and we started in a shared commercial kitchen. So we were sharing with other businesses. We did that for- Too long. Over a year. <laughs> it was really really hard work like the storeroom was up a really steep flight of stairs Ellie was pregnant like you had to be out of the kitchen at a certain time because the next people were coming in so it was just like really high pressure and quite stressful <laughs> but we've just made it work and we also started um the menu originally was fresh food and we were delivering ourselves so it was like really a completely different business to what it is now we were delivering in a 22 kilometer radius from the kitchen only um and we always look back and we're like how did we every week we just managed to get enough orders to keep going we were like yeah. how is this happening but it just kept happening and then had to like it was deep COVID as well right so we kind of 
it was good and bad, I guess, that we could continue to go to work during that time because we had each other. It was, you know, a lot of people were locked down um, and we could provide these meals that no one could see each other or support each other when they just had a baby so they could send meals through us. And that was really nice. But yeah, to be like driving the van around Sydney, pregnant, heavily pregnant, fasting to wee like every 20 minutes. No one would let you in their restaurant, right? If the restaurants or cafes were open, there was like a barrier they would serve you. Like, can I just go and use the toilet? Oh my god, I'm gonna on the street. Like it's so bad. It's like I'm trying to do the right thing here. I'm delivering meals to pregnant people. Like, let me be. It was just awful. Oh my goodness. So then okay, so then Pat was born. Hmm. Yes. And then this new business. Yeah. New baby. New baby. Yeah, the village rallied. Um the boys. Yeah the, yeah, the partners came and helped me in the kitchen and Ellie's mom and Ellie's sister. Um, and I had to drive the van on my own, which was really scary, yeah, but I did it. <laughs> um, but that, so that was only, I think like 12 weeks. And then you, you and kind then of- we were, we were only in like two days. So we would cook for like a day and a half and then drive um, to the deliveries on an afternoon. So um, at that point, I think the like, I'm very lucky to have um, great grandmothers on either side and they would just do a day each with Patrick um, and I would be at the kitchen and she used to like well, we would eat lunch in the car because there was no like staff room at this shared kitchen and Ellie would be eating her packed lunch whilst using a breast pump for my 10 minute break today wow very glamorous it's really glamorous and yes. the other days that I was at home you know I just it'd be me and Patty and the laptop and I think you were doing a day in the kitchen without me at that point as well yeah it was a lot but we you know we could see that we were gaining traction and like well, we wouldn't have done it for nothing like we could see that people were appreciating our service and I think when we switched to frozen and we could see that that's the only way that we were going to scale and to not have to do the deliveries ourselves switch everything to boxes we can get them on trucks frozen trucks um and we can store food in the freezer so we're not cooking to order once we kind of had that clear vision and we could see that um you know people were really into this then it kept it kept us going if we were just working to work and yeah we weren't getting anywhere then you know it wouldn't have pushed that hard during that period but yeah we just couldn't lose momentum and um yeah we, we got through it and then nearly a year ago now we got our own kitchen which is so much better <laughs> and we have like a big walk-in fridge and freezer and we don't have to fight with anyone over the shelves <laughs> and um yeah now we're delivering to all over well not all over New South Wales sorry some people that have asked but a lot of places in New South Wales Queensland Victoria Canberra um yeah so it's just kind of it just keeps growing hmm. amazing Yes, changed so much from that first little concept to yeah. now. And I can imagine it's probably yet to change even more. Yeah. What, at the moment, what are some of the considerations, like your main things that you think about when you're creating your menu? What sort of things go into that? Like, are you mostly considering just ease of people being able to just heat it up and that's it or um is flavor the biggest like what sort of things do you guys really think about I feel like there's probably two points of view so do you want to go first <laughs> or do you want me to go first I come in and I'm like oh I found this really good excuse me I found this really good recipe um 
we should definitely start cooking this and put it on the menu, blah, blah, blah. And Daisy would be like, um, it's not nutritionist approved. I can't put my stamp of approval on that. Let's go through it and try and come up with an alternative or a, like adjust things. Um, and then, you know, like a, you have to look at the ingredients that you're using and the cost of things. Like originally our first lasagna was this slow cooked beef brisket ragu um, sauce that was layered with a ricotta and cheese. So it's really good. Um, but you lose like when you're cooking with brisket like that, you lose half of the brisket. You lose half of that volume when you're cooking. So these are like costing us so much money to make. And then you're charging people what you, what you can, what you think you can. You've still got to make a little bit of profit, right? Um, and so we, yeah, we had to go through that journey of learning what, you know, we can't just decide what we love cooking at home that way. We can put it on the menu. There's um, some more steps involved. And then Daisy has to sign off all of the ingredients and the nutrition aspect of it um we try and um you know we'll test some things and see if people enjoy them like it's obviously soup season and fire season and um the people tell us pretty quickly what they like and what they don't like and you can see what's selling and what's not selling um so yeah we kind of do it that way you were a bit um, more thoughtful in the <laughs> items that you present to me well, I was just gonna say that it's very apparent like through social media and stuff we see a lot of people kind of wanting to plan their postpartum around either like traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurvedic practices and recipes and stuff um and I guess we've kind of taken some of the aspects of those things that we like and want to include like slow cooked meats and warming spices and lots of plant proteins and loads of fruit and veggies and blah 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 um but we're also trying to appeal to like a wider audience and just your kind of everyday mum that just wants to have good quality delicious food yeah um, so that's yeah that's kind of where we always come back to when we're like right what does the menu look like at the moment yeah um but I think it's also just like a combination of food that we love to eat right yeah. and it's like what what do we feel like when we need to be comforted and just have something really easy and yeah because yeah. that's what it's all about isn't it in that postpartum you want to be held and food is such a lovely way of being able to do that and so I guess probably Daisy you're considering things like um when you're postpartum there's a lot of like blood loss and thing and like nutrients and breast milk and and all of that sort of thing but then like you just said it really has to come back to what's going to be delicious and what's going to make people feel loved yeah so we always say that our menu is nutrient dense and there's like every time you eat a meal or a snack basically is an opportunity to nourish your body and fuel your body or if you just have like a piece of white toast it's kind of a waste of time because you're going to be hungry again in half an hour and you've not provided your body with anything that it really needs so yeah we're just kind of always like okay so what might you want to eat at this time and what's going to make you feel good for the longest time possible because you maybe don't know when your next meal or snack's going to be yeah we um, talk about it all the time I think I joke about it a lot on our Instagram page how we put so much thought and effort into our kids meals or our like for me 
Charlie has just started solids and his meals are always like, I always make sure that they're so balanced. And then I'm like eating the scraps out of the bin. Like, yeah, I know. It's yeah. So but, yeah. but yeah, it's so, it's so I true. Think our, our menus and our bundles are not, we're not trying to say that this is the food that you should eat every single day. And this is perfectly balanced. And because a lot of people ask us like, Oh, I really want to order like a meal plan for a month. And we're like, well, that's not really what it is. Like, initially, our our bundles were intended to be a gift. So it's like, you know, it's supposed to be a bit of a treat. It's yummy yeah. food. Um, but now I would say more than 50% of our customers actually order for themselves, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just... That I, also, I think, shows that's really nice to hear actually because I think it shows that people are prioritizing their postpartum period and honoring themselves in that time which is such a huge shift from even I know Ellie you were just saying when you had your first and when I had my first I don't know if it's maybe just the spaces that I sort of work in now or 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 move in that it's becoming more common to see it but it's nice to hear it from you guys that that's something that you've noticed as well it's so nice we have like customers that have been with us from the very beginning and like they might have been gifted a bundle when they had a baby and then two years later it's like their 25th order and they're on their second baby and now they're ordering for themselves and yeah yeah it's really nice that's so lovely okay so where to from here for the whole bowl but also for you guys obviously Daisy you're about to have Mm -hmm. a baby so that's pretty (laughs) that's pretty big it is is amazing that people like sit down and plan a business and there's like a clear roadmap and a strategy and you know five-year plan and and it just hasn't been able to be that clear for us because of incoming children and pregnancies and um you know it's a start starting a business is obviously a big strain on both families so you kind of have to you kind of have to fit it in around everyone until we know that it's something that that is going to be okay and um so we have kind of like been winging it a little bit like we try and have a clear strategy and then things just shift like things just change right um in good ways and bad ways I think things are growing at a really nice steady um maintainable pace at the moment which is what we um kind of want to continue the states um getting into Queensland and Victoria they um, have really welcomed us with open arms. And I think maybe Victoria especially is a little bit more aware about this postpartum care. And um, I don't know, I'm a bit the same as you. Like, is it, has it always existed or is it just because I'm now in this space that I'm like much more aware of it? Um, So yeah, I think if we can just keep growing into those states and um, ideally in the not too distant future, we will not be the ones cooking and washing up <laughs> because we've done our fair share. Yeah. Um, but obviously to employ somebody and guarantee that you can pay someone else's salary is even more risky than just saying that we can pay our own. So yeah, we just have to keep going and see what happens. Yeah. Think? So just, I guess, keeping that flexibility and just um, it's really dynamic, I guess. And yeah motherhood's like that too so it's probably yeah just um learning how to balance it all and keep growing and 
Yeah, we just yeah. want to keep being able to support um, like women and their families. And, you know, it's not just postpartum, it is beyond. We've got the toddler meals and people are becoming more aware of that. And they do order. They order a few times throughout their postpartum period. And then like six months down the track, they hit a rough patch or not. Like it's just they're getting back to work and they need extra support. Like there is no reason not to have meals in your freezer to support you on those rough days um, and in those nights where, yeah, like what you're going to be reaching for is that piece of toast um so yeah we just gotta keep growing our community and hope for the best for sure is there anything that you either of you would like to say to just sort of I guess spruik your business a little bit um as we finish this chat yeah like we've talked about a lot and I think people are probably going to listen to this and think oh yeah Oh, definitely I could definitely do with that or I could definitely get that for a friend um but is there anything else you guys would like to say not really I think um I think you know just jump on the website or on our, or on our Instagram our Instagram is a great place to watch us because you can see all of our meals and a lot of nutritional information um from Daisy you can also follow Daisy's Instagram page because she's kind of sharing this journey of her pregnancy and her postpartum period and um it's kind of nice to have people on your Instagram going through the same thing isn't that um and just learning about like the foods to nourish you throughout that period um but yeah check out the business and it is like such a good gift to send people like the kids get enough onesies but our whole thing is send in as not onesies like send a um practical gift that is going to support the mum because the baby gets given a lot of cuddles and a lot of gifts and the mum sometimes needs a cuddle too and and a lasagna you know <laughs> I love that. That's so true. That's, but your philosophy just so aligns with what this podcast is all about. And yeah, it's about investing in yourselves and investing in your friends and family when they're postpartum, because yes, like you said, the babies have enough onesies and really there's only so much a baby actually needs. And one of those things is a mother that feels supported and yeah food's such a lovely way of doing that so we're very grateful that you have both joined us today and we'll link your the whole bowl uh instagram page into the show notes to this and also daisy your personal instagram if you would like us to so we can follow along with your pregnancy and postpartum journey all the best ladies thank you so much for joining us today Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us, guys. Well, that's another episode done for today. We hope you enjoyed this one as much as we did. If you are a postpartum professional or you'd like to come and share your story with us, please reach out via our socials or email, which you can find in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. We will be releasing a new episode every Wednesday. Thank you.